Welcome into this special edition of the Fun Astrology Podcast. Thomas Miller, thanks for joining us. We have a really special guest that we're going to get straight away into because really the interview explains it. Amanda Poole Walsh started astrologyhub.com in 2015, has built it into a sustainable online true hub of astrology. It was through one of Amanda's early courses that I actually got my launch into what I'm doing today, and we talk about that in the interview. Also, there's a special offer at the end you want to catch. I am going to simulcast this or also publish it on Subconscious Mind Mastery, but that offer at the end is something that takes place just this weekend of its release here in 2021, so you'll want to catch that if you are listening here in real time. What you are about to hear is an incredible story of divine guidance and purpose. Amanda, welcome to Fun Astrology. Oh my gosh, Thomas, it is so amazing to be here. Thank you for having me. Listen, it is great to to meet you, and I would love to just tell the story real quick so everybody can kind of get this. When did you start Astrology Hub? 2015. I found you when you were three years old. <laughs> wow. Well, well, and in 2015, I mean, talk about a baby. I mean, we were not the astrology hub that we are today. It was the first two years were definitely just, it was a side hustle for me. You know, it wasn't my full-time thing at all. And we were doing some, some free events. And after year two was around when we started our membership. And that's when it became like a real thing that I could focus on hundred percent of the time. Wow. Well, we're going to get into that story, but when I found you in 2018, I was starting to, well, I had looked at some charts, and with a Noel Till book on careers in one hand and an astro.com chart in the other, I kind of figured out that maybe I could do this professionally. Wow. So I figured, well, if I'm going to do it professionally, i got to learn more about it. And I found you, and you had a course up at that time that became my foundational course to really learn astrology proficiently. So I would like to really formally thank you for that here and now in front of everybody. You got me started. Oh my gosh, Thomas, that is like one of the best compliments ever that we were able to get you started on your trajectory and that now you're doing what you're doing today and helping so many people. It just makes me so happy. So thank you for trusting us with that beginning part of your astrological journey. That's just, it's such an honor. (laughs) Never forget it. Now, let's, can we take a big step back from astrology for a second? Because I've heard a few things from you that you and I probably have similar backgrounds. Can you tell us about Amanda? And let's go all the way back and take a running start at how you got to where you are today. Pre-astrology, well, pre-astrology hub, I knew nothing about astrology. I did maybe know that I was a Capricorn and whether or not I knew I was a Capricorn, I was doing the Capricorn thing. I was climbing mountains. I was accomplishing things. I was very focused on reaching the top of the summit, which for me at the time meant getting degrees, climbing the corporate ladder. Um, I was, I owned a business with my dad and my brother. I became our, our chief sales officer. I was living in New York city, which to me was like the pinnacle. If I was going to be really good at what I was going to do, I would do it in New York city. And I was, I was really just charging up that mountain to achieve what I thought at the time was something that was going to bring happiness. It was going to bring a sense of security, a sense of peace, a sense of freedom, And what happened is I got to the, 
you know, quote unquote, top of that mountain. I was just killing it in my career. I was making a lot of money. I was living in a beautiful high rise in Tribeca, Manhattan. I had a husband, I had a daughter and I was not happy. I was not happy. And I will never forget this day. I was walking on the streets in New York city with my older brother. And he was also in that world. You know, he knew a lot of successful people too. And I'm using the little quote hand finger quotes that no one can see when I say successful, because to me, it's kind of like what we all think of as success. And we were at a red light and I looked at him and I said, Patrick, do you know anyone who is truly happy? And we crossed the street and we got to the other side and he looked at me and he was like, no, I don't. Do you? And I was like, no, I don't. No. What is wrong with this story? How can we be where we're at and be surrounded by people who are all trying to accomplish the same thing? And none of us are actually happy. It's like there, something didn't add up to me. So that was one of the beginning points of this trajectory, this journey that I started on, where I just started to question everything. Like, what have I been working so hard for? Where am I going? You know, I was working 80 hours a week. I'm never going to see this daughter that I have. Like she's being raised by the nanny. Like I will never see her. And I just started to see where my life was going. And I was like, I got to make some changes. I got introduced to some really interesting at the time, spiritual texts. I started to, to do a lot of like cleanses on my body physically. And that really started to open up this world of like, wow, there's, there's like this metaphysical world. There's all these things behind the scenes that I have just not been paying attention to. It got to a point where I realized I needed to leave my career. I needed to leave New York. I needed to, to go somewhere where I could be in nature, where I could simplify my life. And I decided to give my ownership back of my, of the company, sell my house in California, sell everything in my apartment in New York and move to Hawaii with like no plan, which is crazy because I'm a Capricorn and Capricorns have plans. You know, Capricorns do things logically. This was the first thing I'd ever done in my life that was not logical and did not have a big strategy behind it. I had no clue. All I knew is I wanted to marry my gifts and talents with something that helped people. That was like as, as, as specific as I was. Like, I want to use my gifts and talents to help people. So I moved to Hawaii and my life really fell apart from that point. <laughs> like really fell apart. I mean, I really went on that journey of like unraveling. I was no longer this career woman. I was no longer the successful person. I was, I was just a person on an Island where no one cared about my degrees and I was starting over and I did move with my husband at the time. We ended up uh, getting a divorce I ended up in complete financial ruins, like on the verge of bankruptcy. I had no idea what I was going to do with my career or my life or anything. And at this point, I had two daughters. So not just my first daughter, but a second daughter. And they were little, you know? So at this time, astrology came into my life by a very roundabout way. Oh, a friend from New York was like, there's this astrologer in Hawaii that I just had a reading with. And I think you need to have a reading. And I was like, what island is she on? She's like, I don't know. Anyway, she turned out to be on the same island as me, not only the same island, but 10 minutes down the road from me. So I went to her house. I had my first reading. I sat there crying in her kitchen over my tea because I was raised in a Catholic family. I went to 12 years of Catholic school. I was interested in religion and, and spirituality and like something beyond, but 
the religion, as it was, it was explained to me, never resonated. Like I couldn't, whenever it got to the human part with all the rules, it didn't make sense to me anymore. I just went, oh, like, I don't, this doesn't seem like God, you know? So I went to college and I studied world religions and I was really interested in trying to figure this thing out. That first astrology reading was my first, what felt like tangible evidence of God. Because if this perfect stranger could look at a circle and some squiggles on a piece of paper and know more about my soul and the things that were like the deepest to me that I couldn't even really articulate to people in my life, that it makes me cry just thinking about it right now. There, to me, it was like, there is an intelligence in intelligence in this universe that is so far beyond my understanding. And that to me is God. And it felt benevolent. It felt loving. It felt good. And so that was my first experience with astrology. Before that, it was like the little horoscopes in the back of Vogue. I gave no merit to it at all. It was like entertaining at best. Fast forward, I get really into astrology. I'm listening to every forecast I can. I'm like finding astrologers. I'm realizing there's this whole world. And I'm sitting in my friend's living um, at her kitchen table, table, and we're talking astrology like we always are. I'm going through this divorce. I'm in a lot of like a lot of turmoil. But astrology is like this lifeline. It's like this lighthouse for me, saying, "Hey, like there's a purpose for this. There, you're going to emerge from this period better than ever." And I had astrologers looking at my chart, saying, "Yeah, no, this is right. This is good. You're going to be okay." So I'm sitting at, at her table talking about astrology as usual, and her husband, who's on his computer on his couch looks up and goes, Hey, you know, I bought this domain astrology hub like years ago, and I've just been waiting for someone to do something with it. Would you want to do something with me? And I literally like my hand shot up in the air, like I'm, I'm in first grade in class going, me, 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 choose me. And I said, yes, I'd love to do something with you with that. I have no idea what that means. I have no idea what that looks like, but this feels like the perfect opportunity to marry this thing that I'm now so passionate about that I've seen how it has helped me in my life with like getting it out there to more people. You know, I'm good at doing that. I'm good at building. I'm a Capricorn. I'm good at building businesses. I'm good at creating structure. I'm good at that. I can do this. So we started out, neither one of us astrologers, neither one of us knowing what the heck we were doing, except for that we wanted to get the word of astrology out to more people. We did an online summit. It was free. I was amazed that like 4,000 people showed up and they loved it. And then we did another one, 4,000 more people showed up. So now we had 8,000 people that we were talking to. And I was, I was enthralled. I had no idea astrology was so rich and deep and nuanced. And like, I had these people, these astrologers coming on and I was like, these are the smartest people on the planet. And like, nobody knows this, you know, nobody knows how helpful this is. No one knows how useful this is. And so my passion became even more fueled by both the astrologers and how incredible they are and how like real this, this science and art feels to me. And then meeting the audience that this, this group of people just hungry for astrological knowledge and wisdom. And, and what we were doing, I didn't know this, we were just doing what we thought we should do, but it was the first time astrology summits and these online opportunities were being done. Like no one had done it in the astrology field. And so it was very new. 
um, before you had to go to conferences or like have an amazing astrologer, like in your local community. Now, all of a sudden we were making it accessible for people to do it online. So it just grew and grew and grew. And now we're here today. We reach lots and lots of people all around the world. I think almost every country like you with your podcast, right? I think I heard you saying that, that you're reaching most corners of the world. And it's like, I pinch myself and go, I can't believe this is my work. Like this is work. What? This is this feels like a lot of play and fun and amazingness, but it was a really long journey. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it took that initial leap of faith. Like I'm going to go and do something that doesn't make sense, but I feel it so deep in my soul that I need to make some huge changes. And then all the turmoil that comes from that, that those changes, but then like to actually land, I remember, sorry, I'm going one more thing. I remember this, the quote from Joseph Campbell, follow your bliss and doors will open where they were otherwise closed. I remember hearing that sitting in Manhattan and being like, God, is that true? Like, that sounds really cool, but like, is it actually true? And I wanted to make, I wanted to experiment with my my life. Like, well, the only way I'll know is if I try it. So I remember in the, in the dark nights of the soul, when I was going through the divorce and the bankruptcy and all that stuff, it was like, that was a lie. You know, it wasn't true, but what I say now is that it is true and that there is a process that you go through and it's not always comfortable, but the doors do eventually open as long as you're looking in the right direction, as long as you keep going on that path of like, this is my soul. It's calling me here and I'm just going to keep going. So that's my story, Thomas. <laughs> that is incredible. You were called. I was you, called. You had to get out of that Tribeca apartment to go find the astrology hub URL. Absolutely. And, and, you know, Thomas, I say this and it sounds so dramatic, but people go, wow, that was so courageous. And I'm like, it felt scary, but it also felt like my only choice. You know, it was like, you have to do this or your soul's going to die. Like, I know that sounds dramatic, but it was, it was like, this is what you came here to do. And I know that the journey's not over. You know, that's the other thing. Like once you get to, to the next place, there's another thing and another thing and another thing. And that's all great. And now, but I can now say like, I'm, I'm on the path. Like I'm on whatever path I need to be on and I'm going to stay on it because it is so much more rewarding than that other path I was on that just felt so empty and shallow. And, and it lacked that purpose and meaning, you know, it felt like a black and white movie and now life feels like it's in color. Wow. Amazing. You talked about, okay. So Catholic background. Yeah. And that's where you and I have very similar backgrounds. I was Bible Church, Southern Baptist, which anybody listening who is of either of those persuasions, and I would say that they're only about 10 degrees away from the mothership, which was the Catholic Church, obviously, there's not that much difference, really, when you look at it. (laughs) Uh There's just not Mm -hmm. that much. So you went to New York, you were doing the thing. Did you have any kind of spiritual construct at that point at all? Ah-ish. I would have said that I, I believe in something, but I don't know what it is. I felt pretty distant from the Catholic church at that point. I mean, I still had my daughter baptized because my mom thought she would go to purgatory if I didn't, you know? So it was like, my mom put a lot of pressure on me to do it, but it, I wasn't believing it, you know, as much anymore, but I also didn't know what else to believe in. You know, it's kind of like that. I was in limbo. Actually, I wasn't perked. I was in limbo between, you know, I just, I didn't really know. And so I had really made my career and money really, you know, or like 
accomplishment. I would say I've never really been that money driven. It's always been accomplishment driven, but I would say accomplishment was kind of like taking the place of God at the time for me. Um, and so, yeah, it felt pretty empty. And then when I got into astrology, I definitely had that, like still the idea that astrology is kind of bad, you know, it's not what spiritual people or godly people are interested in, you know? So I had, I've had to do a lot of work around that. And that, that process started even before astrology though. Cause I'd say a lot of the things that I was told were bad and wrong and evil and sinful. It was like, I had to come to my own understanding of those things. What do you tell people now? You're on many years on the other side of that transformation. But as you think back, I mean, there are people that are listening to this that are struggling with embracing that this is not some voodoo witchcraft kind of thing. I get it mm -hmm. because that indoctrination or that teaching is deep for a lot of people. What do you tell people now? It's such a good question, Thomas. And it's something that I'd love to spend more time on, on our podcast, our show at Astrology Hub, because, because I think it's really important that we heal this gap because one of the, so when I moved from New York to Hawaii, one of the things that happened as I got closer and closer and closer to nature and nature being of God, right? I had this epiphany one day, and this sounds like a funny epiphany, but to me, it was an epiphany. It was like, oh, the stars and the planets are part of nature too. Like nature isn't just on this planet. Like nature is also the sun and also the stars and also the moon. And it really took it out of this like thing far away that was disconnected from us and brought me into like, of course, God created all of it. Like God didn't just create like what's here on this planet. God created all of it. And the, the most amazing thing for me is the birth chart. You know, this, this divine moment of your birth, when you take that first breath, that breath of God, like that breath that is your connection to God, it is such a potent moment that holds so much information about your divine purpose here on this planet that for it to not be connected to God, like I cannot, like there's, there's, I can't find another explanation. The other thing for the more sort of like scientifically oriented people is that it's very mathematical. You could look back, if you were an astrologer 2000 years ago, you could look ahead if you had the software, which they didn't have at the time, but if you, or if you were an amazing mathematician, you could do all the math. You could figure out the exact configuration that was going to happen in 2020. That was going to be this, talk about a boulder in the lake of life. Like it, you, you would have known that there was going to be this configuration in the sky that's going to change life on this planet. And you could have seen that thousands of years ago. It's literally written in the stars. And then when you start to look at the Bible and you, and when you know astrological language and you can read passages where they're clearly referring to the astrology, they're clearly referring to the Zodiac and they're clearly referring to the movement of the heavens, the stars. And that's another just clue that like, Hey, maybe, Oh, also the fact that the church, the Catholic church has been using astrology the whole time that they were telling other people not to use it. Their monks were keeping all the texts sacred. They were writing them. You know, they were actually transcribing them. They were, they were putting them in libraries. They were keeping those texts 
um, while they were not accessible to the common person, they were not given to the everyday people. They were only for the kings and the royalty and the church. But that just shows you how important they are. That just shows you how potent and powerful it really is. And so to me, the fact that it's now becoming more accessible is just a way that the intelligence of God is breaking through the man-made structures that try to control life on this planet and saying, look, no, this is available for everyone. This is our divine birthright to have this insight, these, this knowledge, these tools at our fingertips. And yes, it can be used for bad. Like I always say with great power comes great responsibility because if anybody with malintent has a hold of this tool, which yes, it is a powerful tool, they can create more fear in the world and they, they can do that. But that's why part of our mission astrology hub and Thomas, I hear it in your voice. I hear it in your podcast. You're the same way. Like you're using this as a tool for love. You're using this as a tool for self-discovery and understanding and compassion. And it can be that. And it is that to us, the way that we use it. So, you know, the light of the stars that was created by God, it's not divination in the way that, that, that some people think it's not, you know, it's different. So Anyways, I could go on and on, obviously. <laughs> one of my favorite, when I when I when this conversation comes up, one of my favorite verses is Psalm 19.1, and I use it a lot. The heavens declare the glory of God. Oh, they you do. Know? And, you know, we've experienced that in our own lives. Like, that is not just like a pretty phrase. Like, that is absolutely the experience that we've had. And, and the other thing is, you know, the, the, um, the wise men, they were Zoroastrian priests, which were, they were all astrologers. They were, they were following the signs in the heavens to find Jesus. They were following the stars, you know? So again, I'm, I'm just not buying this whole thing, but it's like, <laughs> that it's some evil, dark thing. It just, it's not in my, not in my reality, not in my world. It just really is not. That is yeah. so beautifully said. And I hope people that might be in that space would take your words to heart because that mm -hmm. was beautifully eloquated. So thank you. Thank you very much. I know that's a bridge that a lot of us have to cross. I hear it a lot in emails that I get. I'm sure you get the same ones. And yeah. and uh, it is something that I think is real, and it's part of the process of getting from here to there. You know, the other part is you have to learn what those squiggly lines are, what they're about. Yeah. And uh, totally. those are all part of the journey. How hard was that move from New York City to Maui? Oh, my God. I spent the first two months trying to, I didn't move to Maui. I first oh. moved to the big island. And if anybody's been to Hawaii, I had only been to Maui before this. And I, and I figured all the islands must be pretty similar. But anyone who's been to big island, especially where I landed, you'll know that that is the funniest thing ever because I landed in probably the most remote part of any of the Hawaiian islands, at least the ones that are populated. And it was like moving to the wild, wild west. There was, you know, most people were living off grid. I didn't even know what off grid was when I moved there. Like, I was like, what does that mean? Like, what does it mean that you're like collecting rainwater and then filtering it and drinking it? And like, I, I don't, I don't even understand these things. A girl from Tribeca. The, <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, this is even better, Thomas. So I couldn't get internet access. I, I was <laughs> so remote that I could not get internet access. And part of my vague plan when I moved from New York was I was going to like start something online, you know? start something online. I didn't know what it would be, but I couldn't get internet access. I, I mean, it was hilarious. Like it was, it's funny when I think about it now. So I spent the first two months trying to figure out how I could get out of my lease. Then the Island 
began to work on me. And I met amazing people, like people that were blowing my mind, you know, Hawaiian kahunas and amazing like spiritual teachers and these incredible guides that came into my life and were like, hey, you don't need to go anywhere. Like stay right here. You're going to be okay. And they, they led me on this. It was almost like a two year retreat, but like a really, um, not a retreat, meaning like I wasn't working and I was totally relaxed and I was just enjoying myself. I mean, like one of those transformational retreats where you're kind of getting worked, you know, you're like doing all this shedding and all this like emotional processing and like discovering parts of yourself. You didn't even know were there. Um, so it was really hard. It was really hard. And it was a, big humbling moment. Cause again, no one gave a, you know, what about who I was in New York and what company I owned and nobody cared. It was like, okay, great. Who are you as a person? And what do you have to contribute to this community? It's like, whew, okay. <laughs> gotta be real so here. Yeah, exactly. It was, it, but it was the best thing. It was like the pendulum needed to swing so far in the other direction for me, like I was in such a young environment in New York. And when I moved to Hawaii, it was like the ultimate yin, like receptive learning about like how to be more feminine, learning about how to receive, learning about how to be connected with nature and the world around me and all these things. And it was the exact kind of extreme experience I needed to sort of come back to a center place, which by the time two years later that I moved to Maui, I feel like I was ready for being more integrated between both of those poles. Does that, if that makes any sense? It, it does totally. And the other thing you mentioned when you were in New York city, which of course is the epitome of concrete jungle, right? Yes. That you, the move to nature had such a big impact on you. And uh, again, a parallel of our stories, because I'd always said when my, youngest daughter uh, graduated from high school that about three hours after that event, there would be a U-Haul headed west to Colorado. <laughs> well, I didn't quite make that. I stuck around for another couple of years while she was in college, not far away from where we lived. And her second year of school, she put together an overseas European semester of study. Mm -hmm. And when my son was already up and out and living in a different city and now she was going to be leaving, I was like, okay, that's it. I'm there's my exit. And I went to the Rocky mountains, which kind of became that same experience of that connecting with nature that just literally changed everything. Thomas, you know, the experience has been, cause it, I think we, many of us hold a romantic idea of like connecting with nature and being with nature when I got into nature, it was like, oh God, there's bugs and it's kind of hot. And like, I'm sort of uncomfortable. You know, I didn't have like my air conditioning and my protection and all those things in like I used to have in New York. Um, but as I went deeper and deeper into nature, it was this process of connecting with nature itself and connecting with my nature and connecting with nature and connecting with my na nature. And I think there's a part of us that's afraid to connect with ourselves too. Like, it's like we want to, but it's kind of scary and uncomfortable. And sometimes it feels like mosquitoes are biting us because it's irritating to like go beyond those layers. But that is where there is such a union that is available to us. And it is a, a process of coming home. It's like we're coming home to ourselves. And yes, I do think nature is like this. 
it's, you know, as within, so without, like, as we're getting closer to nature, we have this opportunity to get closer with ourselves. So I think it can be done in, in a city. I don't think you have to like, you know, do such a dramatic thing like I did. Um, I think it can be, you know, you can, you can tiptoe yourself there and that every incremental move that's closer to nature and your nature is going to feel better and better the, the deeper you go. Do you get inspired for your business and for your personal life when you get out there and get in the woods by yourself? One billion percent. Yeah. And for me, it's like being able to look at this huge sky and sleep under it. My daughter and I will 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 lug a mattress out on the porch or the lanai, as we call it here, and we'll sleep under the stars. There's nothing like it. And the ocean for me, the ocean. Yeah, it's just there's nothing like it. That's for the that's I think that the I think that the broadcast is clearer. You know, there's less interference on the quote unquote network. You know, I, I, I speak in technical terms sometimes because so many times I see it that way. Like there's this broadcast of information coming from God, coming from the sky, coming from the stars, and we're receivers of it. And the more interference we have in our environment, in our minds, in our, it, it's harder to discern what is being communicated. So absolutely nature is the go-to. And Thomas, the amazing thing for me is having run Astrology Hub now for about six years, I still would call myself a very beginner chart reader. I connect with astrology in a very holistic way. Like for me, it is a, it's a living, breathing language. I, I rely on people like you and the best astrologers to really translate the language because there's been people that I know I've interviewed, like, I don't even know, hundreds and hundreds of astrologers at this point. Many of them say that, like, it was almost like remembering something from another lifetime. Like it, it came to them relatively easily. I am not in that camp. Like for me, it is definitely something I have to apply myself to actually learn, but I do recognize the brilliance of it. And when I find great astrologers, I'm so excited to share them with the world because uh, we, we need more of that. In my opinion, what you just said makes me realize even more your purpose in this wheel, your little cog in this wheel is to advance and push the message out. Because what yeah. you were just saying is, I'll get other people to read the chart. I'm about getting the word out there. Yes. And that's completely. when your voice even changed. Exactly. I think of myself as a steward of astrology. Like I am, or the biggest cheerleader, whatever way you want to think of it. But like, I am the, yes, this person's legit. This is quality. Check it out. And, and then go choose your own adventure. Like, I don't, that's why I love the hub because I get to feature all the different perspectives. There's no one right way. There's no one right person. There's so many different voices and there's, there's different resonances, right? What I love seeing is that like, we bring in all these astrologers. Some people really love this astrologer. And for others, it didn't really work for them. Some people really love this astrologer. And it's, there's room for everyone. There's enough to go around to, in my opinion, like we, we need to reach the whole globe. If, if the globe becomes willing to listen, you know, I always think of it as like the people that have eyes to see and ears to hear, we want to reach those people because they're, when they're ready for the message of astrology and how it's going to help them remember who they are and what they came here to do. I am blown away by the story of a 
little mountain climbing, climbing Capricorn <laughs> goddess <laughs> living in Tribeca who gets yeah. yanked up by the collar and dropped out of an airplane in the remotest jungle of the big island of Hawaii, yeah. who doesn't oh. have internet, who ends up running this internet business, who's drinking tea with a guy who's, you know, whatever, playing checkers on the couch and says, oh, by the way, I've got this thing that's about to change your life and the world. Yeah. Yeah. This is hollowed ground. <laughs> This is hollowed ground. How is that not God? Come on. That was not my plan. That <laughs> Moses, was, I, take I, your I, shoes off. <laughs> exactly. I could not think of this plan. Wow. And if you had told me, if you had told me 10 years ago that I would be sitting here doing what I'm doing, where I'm doing it, that, like I would, I would have said, you have got to be crazy, like literally insane. I would not have believed you for a second. So this is not my, you know, this is God, like this is God at work. And this is how God works through us. When we get out of the way. God had to take the internet away from you to give it back to you. <laughs> you don't get to play with this. You don't. <laughs> yeah, because you would have been Googling your next business up. Totally. Or Googling my way out of there. Or, or way out, How right. From this island, yeah. How to break a lease. <laughs> yes. That exactly. is absolutely amazing. Wow. Okay. Let's, let's do two other parts to this. Where do you see astrology going? And I was thinking of this from two different perspectives. We've mm -hmm. kind of danced around with one, the culture, mm -hmm. the broad culture out there. Who needs this message but doesn't understand it and, ha and really has nowhere to go when you hear the word astrology or zodiac? If it doesn't relate negatively right off the bat, then they have no context on which to lock on. It's just that thing that you read in the newspaper, right? So culturally, where do you see it going? Because that is, I agree with you, this is how we change the world. This is how we change our future, you know? And I know we're not going to get into this here now, but you look, and you've probably done many episodes on this where you look ahead at some of the aspects coming up ahead of the United States even. Could yeah. be a dark picture, but yeah. consciousness has the ultimate say-so. Right. So we change the consciousness. We can change directions. I firmly believe that. So culturally, where do you see it going? And then the second thing is within the astrological community itself. Well, culturally, I think we're on the verge of an astrological renaissance. I truly believe that it is it's in the zeitgeist already. I, I was just at um, Macy's. We, we have like a few stores on this island. So when we go shopping, there's like we, we can go to like Macy's or Target, you know? So I was at Macy's with my daughters because we're going to go to California to visit my family at Christmas. And I cannot tell you how many outfits that were available in all different colors and shapes and sizes and textures that had astrology all over them. No and, and way. This is in, yes. In like the preteen section, you know? So this is it's, it's there. It's, you know, people have, are wearing astrological jewelry. They're, they're getting tattoos with their sign. They may not know what it means, but people are already tuning into it and it's already becoming somewhat normalized. Now we have a long way to go because people don't really know what it can do and they don't really understand how helpful and useful it can be. But I mean, the, the young kids are downloading all the apps and they're, you know, meeting people and asking what their sign is. I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely on the verge of really 
blowing up in a big way. And, and a lot of that is technology enabling us to reach more people and technology making it easier to find answers with it, right? I mean, before we could run charts on a computer, people had to be mathematicians and actually hand write charts. Like not very many people could do that. So I think culturally it's already happening. I think that as we go into more of this transformative time that we're in, people are going to be looking for answers. And I call like that experience I had my personal apocalypse. Apocalypse meaning nothing more than the lifting of the veil, which is, by the way, the definition of the word apocalypse, the lifting of the veil. So I went through a personal apocalypse and astrology became this lighthouse for me. I have seen that it can and will become a lighthouse for many, 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 many people. Something they can tune into to have that sense of security beyond our man-made structures that are obviously going through a massive transformation, aka falling apart. So when those things fall apart, it's where do you go? You go, I mean, the, the, the heavens, the stars, they've been here to guide us and provide answers for thousands of years. And they will continue to do that for thousands of years after this point. So opening up to their messages, it's happening and it's going to just go even more. Like to me, it's just, it's, it's as again, the places we've gone for answers, as we realize, like they're not totally trustworthy. They are not timeless. They are not gods that, you know, they don't know and they're pretending to know, but they don't really know. And so we're having to find new sources that we can trust. And, and ultimately that's trusting that inner guidance in yourself. And one of the things that astrology does is confirm that for you, because most of the time when you get a reading or you listen to the astrology, it will be confirming your intuition. It'll be confirming that still small voice that's inside of you. It'll be saying, yeah, that that's true. So I can see that that's happening for the field itself. I say, <laughs> if you have that still small voice saying, pursue astrology as a career, I say, go for it because we're going to need more and more great astrologers out there as more and more people need help and need guidance and are turning to astrology for that. I mean, the astrologies, the astrologers we feature on our platform, most of them, you can't even get readings with them anymore because they're teaching and they're so booked up with readings that they aren't, you know, they could be booked out six months, a year. I mean, I have an astrologer that's booked out three years, so that's not going to cut it. We need more of you. So I would say, um, I'd say that it is a field with a lot of potential, a lot of upside. And in this, I'm putting like the business hat on, like as a, as a businesswoman, I would be saying, yes, there's lots of opportunity in this field and um, study with great people. Don't delay giving readings. Like, don't be like, I can't, I have people in my audience that have been studying for like 40 years and still won't give a reading. Like there's, there's two sides of that. There's the ones that like take a weekend workshop and be like, I'm an astrologer. And they go out and I'm like, oh God, don't do that. But also if you have been studying and you do have something to offer and you can with your friends and family add value by looking at their chart, start to do readings, you know, like don't delay for like that one more certification, that one more class, that one more, you know, um, I'd say we need you. And then what about all the different branches and areas of astrology that people can go. You know, we have so many different paths and 
so many different interpretations of it. Is it more of a find what speaks to your own heart, your own soul? It's one of the reasons Astrology Hub exists, because you can come to Astrology Hub and hear lots of different approaches and perspectives and, and techniques. And, and then you could go, oh my God, yes, that teacher. Wow, that's my teacher. And then you go work with them. So I think that, yeah, it's definitely what, what are you called towards? Like, is the body the place that really lights you up? Then, then start to look into medical astrology. Is it the soul's path over lifetimes? Okay, look at evolutionary astrology. Is it like how to time the market from a financial perspective? Awesome. Go find the best financial astrologer. I mean, it's, it's endless, the different ways you can go. And there are definite experts and masters in these fields that are teaching. They're writing books. They're teaching. Um, if they're not doing it now, and you want it, tell me who it is, and we'll make sure we do a course with them, you know? So it's, it, there's, there's more and more opportunities to learn. It's becoming easier to learn. Um, immerse yourself in the language. It is learning a new language, truly. So immerse yourself in it as much as you can. That is awesome. Astrology Hub itself. So you came in, obviously, with a business sense. You came in with a background. Uh, were you doing digital work? Were you doing a digital business in New York? Kinda, not really. Not I'm, really. I was, I was um, selling wireless technology to um, places that needed wireless enablement. So, like on trains, in cabs. So I was doing technology things, but I was always the salesperson. I had my engineer with me who would like get really super technical. Um, so I was doing things in technology, but I wasn't doing an online business, which is two different things. The only thing I had done was helped this woman who changed my life from a physical body perspective. I had read her books on cleansing the body and, and, you know, had gone down that rabbit hole. She was an author and I reached out to her and I said, Hey, you should do some online stuff. I didn't again, I didn't really know what that meant. I was like, I'm sure I could help you somehow. So I actually ended up helping her do like online um, fasts. She did, she would do like three day juice fasts. And so I helped her get the word out about that. And so that was my first like little foray into it, but that was it. So not much. Okay. So now you really got my, piqued my interest here. <laughs> so when you looked at astrology, right, from the person who you got the reading from, the gentleman on the couch that says, I have this URL, and you look at what is astrology, it's what you did. You went and got a reading. So most yes. people who quote unquote become astrologers I mean, what does that mean? Basically, that they're doing readings. Maybe they're doing for free for friends and family. Maybe they charge a little. Maybe they charge a lot and they have a following. Maybe you get to write an article. And if you're really lucky, you might write a book and actually get it published by a publishing company, which now doesn't exist so much. But you have some success with that. How did you come up with a sustainable digital model for astrology? I'd love to hear what your thought was of creating what you did? Thomas, I would say that it was truly fueled by the desire to get the word of astrology out as far as possible. And with that intention, the, the means through which to do that presented themselves. So the first step were, was the online summits, which when I look back now, that was truly like, let's just get the word out to a bunch of people. So let's invite 20 astrologers. I'll interview them. They can invite their audience. 
And so then we'll, we'll start to build an audience. And that was the set first step. I didn't do that on purpose, but the first step was to build an audience of people who were interested in this topic. And I did that through essentially leveraging and working with other people's existing networks. So that was the first step. And I'd say if you're, if you're interested in doing something online, that building your audience is really the first thing. You can do that via social media, but I am really a firm believer in building an email list. Building an email list because you own the email list. The social media networks change all the time. They can you know, shut down your platform and you lose all your contacts. So anyways, so that was the first step. And that built up, like I said, the audience was around 8,000 people. And at at the point where it was 8,000 people, it was like, okay, well, let's offer them something. And so really, again, that first step was a give. It was like, how can I just give something pretty generously? And we did sell the recordings of those summits and we just broke even. So we would like put on the event, sell the things, but break even, but then have enough to just do it again. And so we built the audience that way. And so I, I really think that when people approach their online business with, and there's always a line with this, right? You can overgive and then, you know, you're, the, the energetic exchange is not there. So I, it's, it's definitely something to feel into, but focusing on how can I add value and how can I do something that isn't already being done? You know, that sounds so cliche. I know every business person says that, but truly like, where can I add my unique voice, my unique approach to what is out there? And how can I create win-win solutions with people who are in the field? You know, so we're actually lifting each other up, not competing. I never wanted to come into the astrology world and compete with people. It's like, why? These are the people that are helping me. Like, these are the people that are like guiding the way. I don't want to like tear them down. I just want to lift us all up. Like, let's all get lifted up, you know? So I think so much of of it is about your, your mentality and also your, your intentionality when you begin. And when that's pure and true and feels good to you, then I think, again, the way to do it reveals itself. So then we offered our membership. That was the first thing that we offered was an online membership where people would get mastery classes and live forecasts and a bunch of other perks for being members. And that was really the first like business thing that we did. And that has really become the underpinning of astrology habits and enabled us to grow the way that we've grown is this membership that is the, the, the heart and soul of, of our community. That was the other thing is I was like, God, this is this language that people feel isolated. You know, maybe they live in a place where nobody else speaks the language. They are not into astrology or maybe you, they, they live in a family where it's like totally taboo. They're not allowed to study astrology, but they really want to. So it's like, how do we create community for people to feel like they can come together and like people get them and understand when they say, oh, my Pluto is transiting my son and, and you can elicit it. Oh my gosh. Okay. I know what you, you mean just by saying those words, you know? So that was also a huge need. Like people needed that. They wanted that. So we were able to fulfill that need. Um, running online businesses is, is a whole thing in and of itself. Study it. Like immerse yourself in that as well, if that's what you want to do. But I say, start with readings. I mean, you to get to the point where you have something to offer for people, you know, groups of people, a lot, most people's path begins with one-on-one. And so getting those hours underneath your belt of like actually working with people in a one-on-one intimate setting is really important. You talking about readings and encouraging people to maybe if they've been on the fence 
Yeah. Uh, in fact, I'll tell a story on Stephanie. Stephanie is uh, Stephanie Vickers is a an RN based in California, and she got a reading from me when I was doing them, and I realized a brilliance in there that was not uncorked yet. So I encouraged her and, and that she knew a lot more astrology than she thought she did. And that has led to her doing the medical uh, segments that we do on Saturdays. And she's just taken off and running with it just phenomenally. So it seen that butterfly come up out of the cocoon. And it's a beautiful thing when somebody sprouts their wings and then they get their confidence and it's like, ah, I can do this. You know, I can fly. But We uh, have said so many times, one good one good reading can change your life. Yes. Yes. Completely. You just and have so to when do you it. Yeah, you have to do it and 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 charge for it. I mean, that's the thing too. Like I know, I mean, start with your friends and family and and but there's a certain point where you need to place a value on what you're offering. That was one of the things I noticed Thomas when I came into the astrology field. There was very much a um starving artist consciousness where these incredible astrologers were doing astrology on the side. Like it was, they were practicing it after their quote unquote real job. And I was like, wait, what? This makes no sense to me because my Capricorn mind is like, no, 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 no. You are adding value to people's lives. You need to value yourself enough to have an energetic exchange. And right now the the most obvious energetic exchange comes with money. So charge and know what you're worth and know what the value of what you're providing is worth. Don't gouge people. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking like a very, you know, honest exchange. And, um, I just, I want, that's when we got into it, it was like, God, I, I really want to help change the mentality for the whole astrological community or, you know, participate in changing that and helping them realize that they have something to offer that is of value and they don't need to be starving as they, you know, are martyrs to this love that they have, that I would love to see it where they're so, uh, there's, there's abundance in the field. And so they can invest in professional development and they can take more courses and they can, you know, go around and actually learn this, you know, in a way that isn't in survival mode, you know, so that they have more and more and more to give. So I, I do think we've accomplished that on like, in my little corner of the, of the astrology world, it's been a core thing that we're committed to is, is making sure that astrologers get to experience for themselves. Like, oh, wow. Like I do have something of value to offer and people are willing to pay me for it. And they want to pay me for it because they're going, God, you've changed my life. Like you've, you've done more for me in one reading than I've gotten out of like my therapy for the last 10 years, which we hear a lot. Yes, absolutely. You yeah. gave me a little peek behind the curtain of something that you have coming up. Would you like to tell people about that and particularly those who might, A, be giving readings, could perk their ears up, and those who yes. want a source for readings as well? Yes. So when, one thing you said earlier is so true, that the most obvious gateway into astrology is that first reading. It was my gateway. It was like most people I know's gateway. And right now it can be hard to find a great astrologer. You're like, where do I go? I just told you that most of the astrologers that we feature as teachers aren't doing readings anymore because they're so busy teaching. So where do you go for great astrology readings? So we're creating in the process of creating, and we're about to beta test it or, you know, put it out as a test to our, uh, our intimate community, a service called astrologer connect, where you can go on and you can find an astrologer 
and either get an on-demand reading. So like you have a question, a burning question right now. Like I'm in this situation with my boyfriend, my spouse. I need, I need insight and guidance right now. So you can call in and get an on-demand reading. Or if you want a more like in-depth, longer reading, you can schedule a reading. And we're doing the vetting of those astrologers and making sure that you're getting the best, you're getting high quality, you're getting people aligned with, with ethics and that are going to use astrology as a tool of empowerment, not something to make you feel like more of a victim to this world. So that is going to be um, available to the public in 2022. And I'm so excited because A, it's going to give people one place to go to, to find great astrologers. And it's going to give astrologers, especially like budding astrologers who have, have taken their certifications, have taken their classes, have gone to different schools, who've been practicing for a certain amount of time, but give them access to the people who need their guidance the most. So how can people interact with you now? Tell us how to expose and avail ourselves of the various things that you're doing. I'd say go to astrologyhub.com slash insider and make sure you're signed up for our weekly newsletter. In that newsletter, you'll get a little snapshot from me on what all the astrologers have said about the astrology of that week. So you'll, be, you'll get like a synthesis of lots of different perspectives on what the astrology is for that week. Plus you'll get an update on our latest podcast episodes. All of those are free. And then you can follow us on our podcast. So just go to the Astrology Hub podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're on YouTube, we're on um, iTunes and Spotify and all those good things. Also via our website, astrologyhub.com. Now, you guys, before we sat down to do this, gave me an affiliate link for your site. So can you tell people in this digital world what that's all about and how they can Ooh. use that? Yes. So the link is for the 2022 forecast panel event that we're doing featuring 12 astrologers who will be giving their perspective on the astrology of 2022 and what that means for you. And Thomas has partnered with us. So you can click his link in the description. It's also going to be your opportunity to join our inner circle membership if you so choose. So the 2022 forecast event is free. You can listen to it for free. The replays are available for a limited time for free. Or you can get the recordings from the event and become an Inner Circle member. We only open membership twice a year. So this December is our big, like our big open event. So you'll have two weeks to jump into the Inner Circle if you want to try it. And there's no contract when you join. So if you get in there and you're like, ah, this isn't for me, you can leave at any time. But if you do want to immerse yourself in the language, the membership is a great place to start because every month you're going to be learning astrology from a different astrologer. They, they do master classes. They do live forecasts where you learn their predictive techniques. They do um, cosmic updates that get sent to your phone when, when important transits happen. You get 20% discounts on all astrology have courses and workshops. And so you get a lot of membership perks, but you can join the forecasting event first, meet the 12 astrologers that will be the astrologers for next year, and then decide if you want to join us in the inner circle. Cool. Awesome. Amanda, thank you so much. This has just been amazing. Thank you for doing this with us. Thomas, thank you so much for having me. And I am really looking forward to having you on Astrology Hub's podcast in the very near future. Now, if you would like to get in on the summit that Amanda was talking about, this is happening right now as this is being released. And yes, she did give me a link where if you participate further, and we get a few dollars from that, so I would appreciate that if you would click on it. Where do you find it? Good question. In the show notes, 
Also, I put it on the transcription in the blog on the website, funastrology.com. And I also created just a little section toward the top that will be up just for this weekend because that's when this applies. And you can go there too. So it's right at the top of Fun Astrology on the blog and in the show notes. You can intersect it three different ways. You know, a few times in my life, I've come across these guided ventures. Heck, I'm on one myself. You know, I got tapped on the shoulder to do audiobooks, and that changed my life and so many other things, these podcasts as well. Amanda truly is the astrology hub. I guess it's going to kind of be like the campfire that we all gather around <laughs> out in nature under the stars. Oh, what a wonderful life this is. Thank you so much for listening. Amanda, thank you. Jamie, thank you. Love you all. See you again next week. <laughs>